Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. East fans. Once again, my name is Jeff Kerr, the host of Good Morning Against the East, also from CBSSports.com, and I got my man Tone to Shields with me on a Thursday. Tone, are you starting to feel it now? Like it, it's Dallas week. I'm like, like I, I feel like the closer you get to it, the more excited you get. It's so funny you brought that up. I, I was I was thinking about that this morning. You know, typically as the days get closer. I'm closer. I get a little bit more anxious and anxious. But this is this is a very strange feeling for me, and I don't know if it's good or bad. And I don't know, and I don't know if I should be worried. But I'm getting calmer and calmer as the day gets closer, because I'm really starting to analyze both teams for what they are, for what they truly are. Isolated, you know, not who they played. Who are these teams in their own right? At the end of the day. Most likely, we're going to be going up against Cooper Rush. And if this Philadelphia Eagles team can't find a way to beat Cooper Rush or harass Cooper Rush, we have a long-term problem on our hands. Yeah, you don't think that has anything to do with Eagles are 5-0, and Cowboys are 4-1. and you know, you know in the grand scheme of things, yeah, you don't want them to lose, obviously. It's going to be a dogfight in the NFC East if they do. But at the end of the day, you're still 5-1. and one. Yeah, but you know, in Philadelphia, Eagles fans all over the world, they know what time it is. It's it's Dallas week. You have to beat Dallas. And, you know, somehow, some way that's become or grown to be uh, the mantra of our seasons. You know, if all else fails, just make sure you beat Dallas. <laughs> and it's so funny because, you know, you brought up a very interesting topic before we before we started. You brought up. The, the, the rivalries in the NFC East and who are our true rivals? Who's the Philadelphia Eagles true rivals? Who's the Dallas Cowboys true rivals? Because it's grown to a point where it seems as though the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys are rivals, but you, you feel differently. I do. Uh, so growing up to me, it's the giants. So when I grew up in this, obviously I lived my whole life in Philadelphia. 
when I really started getting into football, I mean really started, the whole Rodney P. Ty Detmer era, the Giants won nine straight over the Eagles. They never – the Eagles could not beat Jim Fossil, the Giants' former head coach, to save their lives. They did not beat them until Donovan McNabb hit, hit James Thrash late in a Monday night football game, in Giants Stadium, by the way, to beat the Giants. 13-year-old Jeff, you would have thought the Eagles won the Super Bowl because they finally beat the Giants, the defending NFC champions, the, the team the Eagles were looking up to. I grew up Doug Peterson getting a ball batted and then picked up by Michael Strahan in overtime with the Fed, and the Giants won the game in overtime in Andy Reid's first year. The Giants always found ways to beat the Eagles. Tiki Barber was an Eagles killer. Armani Toomer, who I've interviewed before, very nice guy. Eagles killer. Kerry Collins, uh, grew up in my area. Went to Penn State. Eagles killer. So to me, it was always the Giants. Yeah, I never liked the Cowboys because of the whole the star thing and America's team. And I get that. You, you always want the Eagles to beat the Cowboys. To me, it was always the Giants because they always beat the Eagles. And then the Eagles returned a favor and beat them a lot. And then it it killed me, Tony. This is why I really don't like the Giants. And, and again, nothing against the Giants. I mean, obviously, this is me growing up. But the fact that they were able to get two Super Bowls during the Andy Reid era and Andy Reid couldn't get one, it left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. It doesn't As, seem right. Yeah. It sucked. Well, the Cowboys, they had T.O., who I did like, but... The Eagles would find ways to just ruin their season, which was always awesome. And I mean, Dallas could always do it themselves. But to me, the Giants are the bigger rival. And it doesn't hurt that geographically, I could go to Giants Stadium right now and get there in at what? Probably nine o'clock. You know, I'm 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 look, I'm looking at it from the perspective of, you know, Philadelphia Eagles have grown this disdain for the Dallas Cowboys. Cause you asked me, right. Yeah. Uh, and my first, my, my, my instant reaction was the Dallas Cowboys, but you were like, no, exactly. The Giants. And I thought, and I thought for a while and I'm like, okay, technically you are right. Technically the Giants are the Philadelphia Eagles biggest rival. That is a fact because the Washington commanders, formerly the Washington Reds, <laughs> um, they were, they are the Dallas Cowboys, you know, technical, rival right and you know i think just over the years the philadelphia eagles and the Dallas cowboys have had the more entertaining battles you know the their games have met more in the grand scheme of things because both because over the past several years it's either been the cowboys at the top or the philadelphia the philadelphia eagles at the top and the occasional straggler of maybe washington made at the top occasionally but that's if the eagles and the cowboys respectively had terrible seasons but you know, for the most part, it's always been Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys these past several years. And I think the newer, uh, the younger fan, right, has become to believe the Dallas Cowboys are their actual rivals. And then let's just be totally frank about it. We hate Dallas. <laughs> As an Eagles fan, I've always, I've grown up to have a disdain for the Dallas Cowboys. I don't like their logo. I don't like their colors. I don't like anything about them. You know, and the Giants, we've we've little brothered them for so long. You, you you kind of forget that they're even there. But this is a different season. The Giants are four and one. The Cowboys are four and one. The Eagles are five and zero. Oh. This is a very entertaining. This might be the most entertaining 
NFC East race in a long time. What, what say you about that? So I, I want to go back into this whole Eagles-Cowboys rivalry thing, too. I think mm-hmm. in the 90s, if you grew up in the 90s, too, I think that was peak Eagles-Cowboys rivalry because the Cowboys were on top of the world. They had the dynasty. They had Troy Aikman. They had Evan Smith. They had Michael Irvin. They had a lot of guys you didn't like. Eric Williams could not stand. By the way, he's a Philly guy, Eric Williams. Uh, he was the right tackle for the Cowboys for a long time. Him and William Fuller would just go at it left and right, left and right, all the time. Every game, you know how we feel Eagles death. Actually, that, that was a streak for a while. Eagles-Cowboys were on Sunday Night Football. They were on Monday Night Football, it seemed, every year, where it was in Dallas, where it was in Philly, because it was a good rivalry. And the Eagles were not as good as the Cowboys, but they always found a way to split with them. And I always felt like they were a thorn in the Cowboys' side for a long time. So it, it made for a good rivalry. I think, honestly, now, Cowboys fans probably hate the Eagles just as much as Eagles fans hate the Cowboys. Because Dallas looks up to Philadelphia now. The Eagles have been the better franchise since that dynasty ended, by far. I mean, the last time the Cowboys were, in my mind, relevant was when VCRs were ruling the world and before Britney Spears and NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys took over the, the music scene. I mean, Seven was the number one movie, basically, the last time the Dallas Cowboys. That's a great movie, by the way. It is a great movie. It is a great movie. But, yeah, to me, it's just, I think Cowboys fans actually respect the Eagles now. And to me, versions of respect are hate. Mm. I think that's a good point because because you respect the fact that they can catch you slipping. And you respect the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles for the past 20 years, 20 plus years, they have been a model franchise. They've, they've been a model for stability and uh, a model for leadership, you know, at the coaching position and at the, uh, at the ownership position, the GM position, right? You think about the Dallas Cowboys, you have Jerry Jones out here doing weekly radio shows and constantly, constantly asserting himself as owner, GM, decision maker. It's like, you don't have to do that. That's why I love um, Jeffrey Lurie as the, as the team owner because he he plays his role. He understands that he's really not the football guy. He doesn't pretend to be. You know, people forget yeah. Jerry Jones is an oil guy. Like <laughs> so, I mean, he. I mean, after after being a part of the game for a while, you you obviously you obviously start to learn the game and you pick up on things. But you know, I think the reason the Cowboys have failed to reassert themselves after the Jimmy Johnson era is because one, they haven't found somebody that can really pull the best out of this team like a Jimmy Johnson, but also Jerry Jones has just gotten in the way. I mean, it's, 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 it's fairly simple. You know, just, I I firmly don't think this franchise is going to ever take that next step until Jerry Jones, you know, (laughs) takes that next step or moves to that next phase of life. (laughs) Which, isn't going to happen. <laughs> Let's be frank. I mean, the reason Jimmy Johnson left was because of Jerry Jones. They just couldn't get along. Bill Parcells, same thing. That Cowboys team under Bill Parcells should have been much better. And they were building that. And then all of a sudden, Bill Parcells leaves. He let his contract run out, decided not to come back. And when they had that great team with Tony Romo, with Terrell Owens, you know, guys like that, um, they had a really good offensive line then, too. They had a really good defense with 
uh, DeMarcus Ware. Guys, you know, they went 13-3. and They were number one seed. That should have been Parcells' team in 07. That was the year I thought they actually were going to go to the Super Bowl. And they blew it. They lost to a Giants team they shouldn't have lost to. And we saw who won the Super Bowl that year. It was the Giants. To me, that was the closest they've gotten. That was not saying it was Romo's best year because he's had really good years. But they wasted a golden opportunity with Romo. And I think that was because of Jerry Jones meddling in. He couldn't let his coach's coach. And then he got his hand puppet, Jason Garrett, to coach. And he kept Jason Garrett along way too long, Tone. Like, he was satisfied. All of a sudden, Jerry Jones was satisfied with just winning the NFC East. And we all know Jerry Jones likes to give you the fool's gold, the Dallas Cowboys. You know, we win Super Bowls here. No, I think Jerry Jones likes Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports, writing about his team, good or bad. Yeah, he's definitely more concerned about being seen. And it's not a good way to move. It's not sustainable um, in terms of success. And I'm, I'm, if you, if you noticed, um, Mike McCarthy, his first year here, people were wondering, like, how is that going to work out? You know, and even this, I mean, look, the, the Cowboys, they're going to win games. They're going to play tough. They're going to be a thorn in your side. But what does Stephen A. Smith always say? <laughs> what can go wrong will go wrong. <laughs> and, and, that, and, and, and that's just, and that's just been who they, who, who they are. And, you know, it's so good for the Philadelphia Eagles to finally have a Super Bowl so they can be able to sit at the table to a degree and and finally puff their chest out a little bit. Because the Philadelphia Eagles have had opportunities when they've come close as well. And they weren't and they weren't they haven't been able to get it done. You know, that whole Diamond McNabb era, multiple NFC championships in a row and one Super Bowl appearance, that's 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 an underachievement in the grand scheme of things. Um and you could put it on so many different reasons. Um you can put it on uh, poor coaching when it mattered most. Um, poor situation of football. Uh, you could put it on poor execution by the players um, at, at, a, at a specific time. You know, there's so many ways you could probably go about it. But overall, you know, this is going to be a big game this weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. The, the, this game is the first domino to fall in terms of the NFC East race. And this can be a potential game where the Philadelphia Eagles begin to separate themselves or this could be a game where the Dallas Cowboys continue to stay afloat and edge everything out and now you have the Dallas Cowboys the Eagles tied at number one and can the Giants beat the Ravens they beat the Packers anything's possible at this point I personally don't think that game is going to be in the Giants favor but this this NFC East race is the, is probably the most entertaining divisional race in the NFL this year Oh, it definitely is. It's the best division in football. I'm not afraid to say it because it is. that They're one of only four teams uh, – of four divisions. Sorry, I got to get that right. They're one of only four divisions since the merger to have three teams with four-plus wins after five weeks. Wow. And the NFC East did this in 2008. Now, this is a funny story, Tone. When they did it in 2008, it was Dallas, the Giants, and Washington. Mm. Do you remember – what NFC East teams made the playoffs that year? 2008. Oh, man, Jeff, you know, you're the historian here. You got to help me out. <laughs> okay. So the Giants got in. The Cowboys did not. Washington did not. Philadelphia did. Philadelphia was three and two, by the way, when they were all those teams at four. That was the year the Eagles beat the Cowboys 44 6 in the winner take all game when the Eagles needed 
everything to happen. Tampa Bay to beat, I mean, I'm sorry, Oakland to beat Tampa Bay, four win Oakland to beat Tampa Bay, and you know, the, the Bears to lose to the Texans, which happened, which set up Dallas, Philadelphia, and we all know what happened 44 to six. And, you know, it, it, Brian Dawkins' last game at the link, just an absolutely crazy day, by the way. That, I, I think that was a, one of the craziest days. I think that was peak Eagles Cowboys, by the way, because that was for all the marbles. T.O.'s last game in Dallas, just everything went wrong for the Cowboys that day. But I, I did want to bring this up when, um, with Jerry Jones, too. You know how he wants to always take over the spotlight? Remember when he said Dak would be back by, like, week four? What happened to that? I'm telling you, you cannot pay too much attention to what Jerry Jones says. You just can't. You know, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna end up pulling your hair out. You know, but we got our guy Tom Kelly uh, in the background. You know, waiting in the rafters, waiting patiently, as I might say. And this is going to be a really interesting conversation that you guys are going to have, Jeff. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, he's a uh, Andy Reid and Donovan Nav's biggest supporter. So if you like Andy Reid or Donovan Nav, TK guy. Hey. You heard it here first, you guys. Keep it locked. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys continue to stay engaged in the content. Also, make sure you guys are subscribed to Jacob Sports YouTube channel and also check out jacobsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B sports.com. Jeff Kerr will be back. This is Good Morning NFC East. Our next guest, Tom Kelly, is up. Keep it locked, you guys, and don't move. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the, and hits. the hits. Go, for the, Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go first. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. 
Visit flywithcolony.com. Jafti Ambrosio Destination Downingtown's five-day used car super sale. Jeff puts an end to high prices now. Five days of the best car, truck, and SUV deals ever. Over 1,000 vehicles, every make and model. Stop overpaying. See Jeff today and get a quality car, truck, or SUV now. The five-day used car super sale. Experience how easy it is to deal at Jeff's. Nobody treats you better. Nobody gives you more. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown. GoJeffAuto.com. Is folks, Bobby Kelly from Sports Radio 94 WIP. I spend a lot of nights listening to this man fill in, do a great job for Big Daddy. Uh, are you still on late night TK? Yeah, from time to time, Jeff. I mean, John Johnson's doing the, the full time overnights now, but you can hear me from time to time uh, on the overnight show. I'll be in tonight after Thursday night football, tomorrow night uh, after our Phillies coverage. So, uh, you know, times move around a lot, but you can catch me on. Yeah, it, I always feel like if I'm listening to WIP at night, you're all on Jody Max on. So, so somebody's on I like listening to. But I Appreciate I was going to start with Cowboys Eagles here, but ESPN decided to drop a bombshell article this morning on our favorite person, Daniel Snyder. I don't know yeah. if you caught that or not. You know what, Jeff? It's funny that you mentioned that because during the break here, I'm just sitting on a scroll on Twitter, and I see you retweet this story from Don Van Nata. And the headline, Daniel Snyder's got dirt on other NFL owners. So when we're done with this interview here, I'm going to have to go check out that piece because this sounds pretty interesting. Sounds like pretty interesting stuff on a, on a Thursday morning. Yeah, so pretty much here's the gist of it. it there's a lot to, to read. I, I only got through a quarter of this, but the NFL is a mafia. Dan Snyder recently told an associate, all the owners hate each other. This is what Dan Snyder thinks. One veteran owner said that's not true. All the owners hate Dan. <laughs> and I, I think I would think it's somewhere in the in the middle a little bit, but I mean, I mean Dan Dan Snyder, the 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 idea that he is still the owner of that franchise is a disgrace. It really is. Like this is something the owners had the ability to take control of a, a long time ago. If they really wanted him out, they could have gotten him out. And you know, uh, the fact that he still owns that franchise, the fact that he's still as involved as he is. I think is a real black mark on the league because we know how not just dysfunctional they've been, but, but how inappropriate they've run a lot of the things in their organization. And uh, you know, I'm interested to see what comes out of this, but yeah, I think it's a, it's kind of disgraceful for the league that Snyder's even still in to begin with. Yeah. So the parts I read of this, some of it has to do with Jerry Jones because there is a push to get him out all of a sudden. And he said, I'll put it nicely. They can't F with me. I have dirt on Jerry Jones that could blow the whole league up. So maybe there is something there. Who knows? Well, whatever this is, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to try to get to the bottom of it here. So I, we'll, I'm interested to see Jerry Jones' reaction to this because I think that'll tell us really what Dan Snyder knows and what he doesn't know. Yeah, and this is, this is the part I was reading. So the owners were kind of indifferent on him because, remember, he, he, came, he was 34. He was our age. When he became the owner of the Commanders, you know, we know what they used to be called. But they were okay with him, I guess, until 
2003 when he was trying to get a he was trying to make a push for FedEx Field to host the Super Bowl. Do you remember that Tom when he was trying that? I don't remember that, but I could say as somebody who's gone to FedEx Field to watch a number of Eagles uh, Washington games, yeah, that that play should never host a Super Bowl. Yeah, so he was trying to make a push for it, right? I, I think he wanted the nation's capital to ho host one, and everybody thought there was all, uh, an ulterior motive there. Okay, maybe he wants to get a new stadium, and they're like, fine, whatever. Like, they listened to his push, but the Bidwells, uh, the Cardinals owners, were pushing for the Super Bowl, and the NFL loves them. They, The league and Tagliabue actually did a secret ballot to make sure they got it, and obviously they won. That was the year the Giants beat the Patriots, mm -hmm. and Snyder acted like a child throughout a hissy fit, and the owners were like, okay, this guy's a jerk, this guy's this. He went and smashed every owner like he could, figuring out who was involved in the secret ballot, and that's when everything kind of changed on him. Yeah, it, 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 yeah you'll want to read this, Tom. Like, I, I've only been through a quarter of it. <laughs> this is some pretty wild stuff. And, again, I'm not even neck deep into it. Yeah, it sounds it, it sounds pretty interesting. And we'll see what, what comes out of this thing here. But, I mean, Daniel Stutter's been causing this league headaches for a long time. It's not really surprising that that's continuing now. Yeah. So, I wanted to bring this up to you. Eagles-Cowboys rivalry. I know you've talked about this on WIP before. I know a lot of your co-workers have. In your mind, who is the Eagles' biggest rival? In my mind, it's the Giants. And this is from somebody growing up. As you mentioned, I'm, I'm 35 now. So, you know, my prime of, like, watching football was, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, grade school, high school, and stuff like that. And to be honest, Jeff, the, the Cowboys just haven't been very relevant. I mean, they haven't been. This isn't like – you know, I remember the Troy Smith teams, but it's like in the last 20, 25 years, what have the Cowboys accomplished? Not much of anything. And it's been the Eagles. It's been the Giants in that time period with Donovan and Andy. I mean, they were the teams going at it, uh, you know, year after year for the NFC East title. So in my mind, the Giants are the Eagles' biggest rival, not just geographically, but, but competitively. And sometimes I do think the whole Eagle-Cowboy thing – is from a past era, a past generation. And honestly, I get a little annoyed by it sometimes with how over the top it can be. Oh, I know. And so my dad's generation, yeah, it was the Cowboys because I think Dick Vermeil played that. Like, okay, mm -hmm. there's a team we look up to. There's a team we have to beat if we want to be a Super Bowl team. I think the fans went off that. But the whole Buddy Ryan era, like he hated Dallas. I think that really played into, obviously, where you work and, and everything else. Like. It, it just felt like, okay, Cowboys are big brother, we're little bro. Now I feel like the Eagles are Cowboys' big brother and the fans can't stand it. Yeah, and, you know, the, the Cowboys, like, the Buddy Ryan era, and, you know, I, I during that time period, I understand the rivalry is a thing. I understand Buddy Ryan played into it. But it's a different era now, and I feel like it's a different generation of fans. And, like, this rivalry just hasn't been at that level since then. The Cowboys haven't been all that competitive. I mean – what do they have a, a handful of playoff wins in the last 25 years? And I just think when, when you really look at like, I'm not saying Eagles fans like the Cowboys. Of course they don't. And anybody in the division will feel that way about and Eagles Cowboys games are always going to be big, but that hatred that was there at that time, I don't feel, I feel like when we play it up now, it's more forced than authentic. Yeah. I think one of my favorite stats was I uncovered when they won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles here. The Eagles won more playoff games in one postseason than the Cowboys did since 1995. And yeah. I, 
I think Eagles fans were like, oh, my God, we got dirt on them forever. Yeah. I mean, you look at the the, the division over, over that time period. I mean, the Eagles have probably been – Oh, I would say from wins perspective, the most successful team. Obviously, the Giants have the two Super Bowls, but I mean, it hasn't really been close. It's been the Eagles and Giants, and then you know the Cowboys and Washington, very far behind both of them. Yeah, and to me, I, I work with a lot of Giants fans, so I get to hear it all the time. It's ah, uh, yeah, I can't wait to, till they play the Eagles. I can't wait till we beat the Eagles. I'm like, yeah, I'm being the Eagles since what? Well, this was back when the Eagles were on the long wing streak against them, but. It is kind of funny now how the Eagles have a winning record against the Giants. They never did until 2018. But they have a losing record against every other of their rivals in the NFC East. So it's kind of funny to have that over New York. Yeah, definitely. And and honestly, that's probably what plays into my standpoint on this rivalry a little bit too because I went to Temple. My roommate was a Giants fan, and I, I, went, I was friends with a bunch of Giants fans at college. So I think that plays into why uh, I, you know, I don't like that team very much either. Yeah, I, I think what, what hurt me with the Giants was Andy Reid being good all those years of Philadelphia. I said this to Tone at the top of the show. And then the Giants go on and win two Super Bowls during the Reid era. And I think that actually kind of reshaped a lot of people's opinions on Andy Reid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, the Eagles, what they were able to do under Andy, not just against them, but against this entire division. I mean, really – dominance and and it's crazy when you see that stat and this stat always amazes me about how long it's been since somebody's repeated in this division the the cyclical nature of it and you know how it's really a year-to-year thing now is pretty crazy because the last time there was that kind of dominance was with the eagles in the early 2000s yeah and if you look at since 97 there's only been one repeat winner too and that's the eagles so this division's had a lot of parity for a lot of years. To, to me, I, I don't know. I, I wanted to get into this too. What's your take on Jerry Jones and him speaking Monday, every Tuesday? It, it, it does feel like it's a lot of nothing at this point. Yeah, I think it's silly. And I think it's just a Jerry Jones kind of self-indulgence thing that, you know, he needs to be out there. He needs to be talking. He needs to get his face out there. But what he says really, really doesn't matter at this point. I mean, I heard you talking about uh, with Tony in the last segment about how he said Dak was going to be back week four. Like we all knew that wasn't going to happen. Like it, it, that that injury is going to take a little longer to recover from. And yeah, I think it's silly, but hey, he's the owner and he's going to certainly keep doing it until until he's not you know out in front for for that organization anymore. Don't you think it's the best thing for the Eagles that Jerry Jones still remains like in charge of pretty much everything for Dallas? Definitely, and I think he gets in the way of, of what at times I think is a pretty well-run organization. Like d- d- despite what we like to say about the Cowboys, they draft pretty well. Like they get, you know, impact players out of the draft. You look at the last couple of years, Parsons, um, you know, CD lamb kind of fell to them in that first round. But I think where Jerry gets involved and where, where it's a problem for them is he lets his emotions get in the way and he gives a lot of money out, you know, to players, maybe he shouldn't. Like I thought at the time, them signing to uh, Ezekiel Elliott to that contract was a mistake. And you look at some of the contracts they've given out, they paid a, a couple guys a lot of money. That's cost them in a number of areas, especially on the offensive line. And I think that's where Jerry gets in the way the, the most with the Cowboys. I actually think the Cowboys are one of the Eagles' biggest threats in the NFC because I have been impressed with what they've done on defense. 
what's it, how do you make the, of this Cowboys team so far through five games? I mean, it's been they've been impressive, honestly. I mean, to continue to win without Dak, I, because let's face it, week one when Dak was out there, they looked terrible in that game against Tampa Bay. I mean, offensively, they couldn't do anything. And I've been been impressed with how they've bounced back. Now, moving forward, like I always think a guy like Mike McCarthy will cost you in big games because I don't think he's a very good coach. Uh, but, you know, I've been impressed with what they've done with Cooper Rush. And obviously, I mean, their defensive line, Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, I'm not sure you're going to find a better one, too, as far as pass rushers, not just in the NFC East, but, but across the NFL. On WIP, how's the pulse of Dallas week been? Do Eagles fans think they're going to crush them? Well, I think it's it's been, you know, a little different this week because we've had the Phillies in the playoffs, which is something, you know, we, we haven't had for a long time. But generally, that's what you hear. I mean, I, it's hard sometimes to distinguish between whether that's just bravado and and what people actually think. Um, but I think most people are going to win, and and I think it's going to be a tight game. I think it's going to be a competitive game. I, I mean, I'm going to, you know, think the Eagles are probably going to come out with a close one uh, and, and come out on top. But I certainly think it's going to be a competitive game, and I, I don't think it's going to be a, a walkover for the Eagles. I don't either. But there is one thing I learned about that Rams game, the last game. Did you notice Cooper Rush kind of had some vulnerability? Like, he, he wasn't – I, I not not like he ever was Superman, but there was definitely some kryptonite that the Rams exposed with him. Yeah, I, and I didn't see a ton of that. I was actually out in Arizona with with a couple of my friends for that game, so I didn't catch a ton of the Eagles Rams game. But yeah, I mean, I think Cooper Rush is an interesting guy because I think what what they're asking him to do, they're basically asking him to manage the game for a better word. Like they're not asking him to do too much, and I think they got ahead early in that game. They kind of you know, we're, we're a little conservative, but I'd be interested. And I think this is what the Eagles really need to look to do on Sunday night is if they can get off to a, to an early lead, hopefully a 10, 14 point lead, that'll be interesting to see Cooper rush in that sort of a scenario, whether he could bring them back because he really hasn't had to do that yet. I guess they fell behind a little bit in the giants game, but um, yeah, that would be, I think the formula for the Eagles get ahead and see if Cooper rush can bring them back. What's been your take on the Giants' four and one start? I I'm impressed by it. I don't think it's necessarily sustainable. Um, but I thought the Giants honestly had a really good off season. I, I mean, Brian Dayball, I thought did a tremendous job in Buffalo. I think he's doing a good job. There are some game management things, specifically in that Dallas game, that that concerned me about him a little bit. But I think he knows what he's doing. He's obviously setting the culture there and, and doing a good job. That was an impressive win over Green Bay this past weekend. Um, I think, you know, their GM, Joe Shane, is is certainly an upgrade over, over Gettleman. Uh, it's hard for there not to be an upgrade there. But, yeah, I think they're moving in the right direction. I, I still don't think they're a legit contender this season. Um, I think they're bound to fall off at this point. But moving forward, I certainly think uh, those guys have the Giants heading in the right direction. With all the parity, though, in the NFL, and the Giants are a little ahead of the whole – two, three win clam right now. Do you think they could potentially be a playoff team sneak in, in the NFC? They could. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, the potential for that is there. I do think though, you know, playing the, the games against the Eagles and the Cowboys, because I expect when the season is over, the Eagles and the Cowboys, I think both of them will be in the, in the playoffs. I think in the North, I still believe the Packers will find a way in. I think the Vikings will be in. And then, you know, 
you're really asking at that point, are the Giants going to beat out, you know, the Rams or a team like that for the postseason? And I don't think it's impossible, but I'm not ready to say that, that I believe that's going to happen yet. I Right now, I keep trying to talk myself out of it, but right now I think the Eagles are the front runners in the NFC. I mean, the, the records says it, the numbers say it, how they're playing says it. I, they seem to get tested now every week. They're getting everybody's best shot. But who do you think are their biggest contenders for the Super Bowl right now? Um, I, I still think it's Tampa. I, I do. I still look at that team, and I know they haven't looked like they've been fire, firing on all cylinders to start the year here, but I still think that's the team that you worry about the most. I mean, I I like San Francisco, and I actually think, you know, not, not that an injury is ever a, a good thing, but that team I do think rallies around Jimmy Garoppolo, and, and I do think – that continuity of him being there uh, the past couple of years. I think they're a team, especially with their defense to watch out for. Um, but aside from that, I do think it's wide open. I think the Eagles are clearly the best team in the East. Um, but if you had to say a team in the conference who would worry me the most, it's still, it's still Tampa until somebody really takes control of that other spot. Does it feel like the Rams have, they fallen off the pedestal a bit? Uh, definitely. And I thought, that was kind of likely coming into this season. There was just a lot of weird stuff around them in the offseason, like will Aaron Donald retire? Will McVay step away? And the whole Stafford injury situation, uh, they've certainly taken a step back. I think the Allen Robinson situation is really, really odd. I mean, the, just the fact they can't seem to integrate him into the offense at all uh, is really concerning. And I think they've become somewhat predictable. So, yeah, I think – you know, that team, I, I would expect them to still sneak their way into the playoffs, but, I, you know, I don't look at them in the same vein as we looked at them last year as being a real, you know, Super Bowl contender, Super Bowl favorite. It's kind of crazy. We live in an alternate reality where the Eagles could have had Russell Wilson and Allen Robinson. What a disaster that would have been for Howie Roseman. Man, and I'm not going to lie, Jeff, I wanted Russell Wilson really bad. I thought that was the move for the Eagles to make. I don't know what's happened to him, uh, whether he's just finished or, you know, I know they said this injury situation now, um, but yeah, he looks really bad in the Allen Robinson thing. He's a guy I wouldn't have hated. I didn't hate that contract the Rams gave him, um, but I mean, you look at it, he got a very similar contract to what the Eagles ended up giving Asam Reddick. I would much rather have Asam Reddick on my team right now than Allen Robinson. Yeah. Asam Reddick to me has been everything the Eagles have asked for and more and, even when he was having a slow start, you could tell he was still making an impact on the game. What have your thoughts ultimately been? You being a Temple guy on what Hassan Wright brings to his defense? I think he he's brought them exactly what they what they need and exactly what they signed him for. I mean, you look at last year, and I know we criticized Jonathan Gannon a lot. I just didn't think he had the players, you know, and they really struggled to rush the passer struggled to get after the quarterback and get sacks. And you see Assam Reddick already having an impact. He, he basically single-handedly, uh, you know, won them that Jacksonville game. And you look at uh, how he's been been impacted the game in that way. Uh, it's been something they've desperately needed. And uh, the pass rush has already been dramatically different this year. I've been on record of saying Dallas's defensive line is Clearly the best in the NFL, obviously. you got Michael Parsons, you got Demarcus Lawrence, uh, Darns Armstrong, etc. But they're actually facing a real offensive line this week. They're not facing 
the Bengals and what they were trying to do on the offensive line. They're not facing Washington. They're not facing the Rams, and they're bad offensive line. So what do you think is going to happen, especially if Jordan Mulata is healthy on Sunday? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that, that the Eagles offensive line, I think they can stack up against anybody. I really do. Um, but I, I think it's a situation where, especially if Mulata is, is not out there, you need to help on Micah Parsons. I mean, you really do. That guy is is just dangerous. Now, Lane Johnson, I think you trust him to go up against Lawrence. They've faced each other quite a bit in their careers. And, and you know, Lawrence has gotten the best of him at times, but I think you trust him over there. But Micah Parsons is a real special player, and you need to find a way to account for him because he's one of the, the few guys in the NFL that can single-handedly disrupt an offense's game plan. Jason Peters, I, I'm sure you've heard the comments by now. I just said the Philly fans are effing idiots, but he meant it in a good way. And I feel like those comments got overblown of them being nasty, vulgar. They're going to cuss at you. They're going to throw stuff. Philly fans are the wildest fans out there to me. But I, I feel like fans didn't see the whole quote. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, you know, with Jason Peters, Jason Peters says what Jason Peters wants to say. He's not very worried about what what people think. And I didn't hear the full quote. I saw the transcript of, of the quote and, you know, I, I, but I read it the same as you did. I don't think it, it's a situation where he's disparaging Philadelphia fans or anything. And, and, you know, as we were talking about the cowboy thing earlier, I don't fully disagree with some of the things that he said. I mean, I do think the cowboy hate and stuff like that is, is over the top at times. So, you know, if people want to get upset about, it, I'm sure they will, but I am not, very concerned or bothered by what Jason Peters is saying right now. Yeah, exactly. And one of the things ESPN put it in, and I'm glad they did what he said at the end. Well, Philly, that's my first Super Bowl. I built a lot of bricks there. I can't wait to go back. I, I, I love that place. And I feel like people just failed to mention that, but he also did, did kind of smile and said, you know, I can't wait to be him because I'm wearing the star on my helmet now. Yeah, well, you know, that gets in the way of the story. And, you know, especially with what what, what I do at, at our station, you know, we like to play that that angle of it up. So uh, definitely, I think I, I think it's more love for Jason Peters than not. I think it's unfortunate how his career kind of ended in Philadelphia because he just, let's face it, he wasn't that good at the end here. But, I mean, he's, he's an all-time Eagle. And I think he's a guy who certainly will be in the Eagles Hall of Fame. And, I mean, I think he even got to consider – retiring the guy's jersey he was that impactful of a player that important of a player and uh yeah i mean I, you know it's it's unfortunate he's playing for the cowboys now but uh he's still a, a great all-time eagle and it'll be interesting to see him out there with the cowboys on sunday i was thinking about this last week when we were talking to zach Ertz of that super bowl team who gets their number retired i i i think it's going to be kelsey but you can make a case for Ertz. You can make a case for a couple of those guys. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. Yeah, that, that's a good question because, like you said, you can make a, question, uh, a point for Ertz, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. Like a lot of these guys, you know, have been extremely impactful and have been with the organization for a, a long time. So that's a – yeah, that's a real tough one. I mean, I, I think – Kelsey is probably the guy most likely to have his jersey retired, but, you know, it's not something the Eagles do very often. So, you know, it might be it, it might be none of them because they might feel like, okay, if we retire this guy's jersey, how do we not retire this guy's jersey? So it's 
that yeah, that's a really difficult question, but I feel like they don't retire jerseys very often. So it wouldn't surprise me if they just, you know, didn't retire any of them. It's weird though how they went through that stretch after they had the read years. Like Dawkins was a no-brainer. McNabb to me was a no-brainer at the time. But now as time has passed, it feels like, yeah, he's probably still have his number retired, but they did get the Super Bowl now, and I, I don't think the fans love Donovan as much as number five will always love you. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I mean, I am a Donovan guy, so I wholeheartedly uh, agreed with Donovan's number uh, being retired. I think what he meant to the franchise, just with that era meant to the franchise, like I, the Eagles, let's face it, they weren't really a winning organization until Andy and Donovan got here, and and completely turn the trajectory of the organization around. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad they did it, but I think the, the sentiment overall from the fan base, I think you're right about that, Jeff. I think not a lot of people uh, love or appreciate Donovan. And I think that's kind of a shame and because they won't now, I mean, the fact that he didn't win a Super Bowl, the Eagles won one without him. Um, you know, I don't think he'll ever get the credit that he truly deserves because he really was a good quarterback here for a long time. I get on a lot of the content creators that are in their 20s that, not like they slammed on him, I think they respect him, but they always put up highlights of Vic Jackson. I said, I said, you want a real Philadelphia treat and not the Donovan McNabb 14 yard, 14 second scramble. Go to the game where he broke his leg against Arizona and threw for four touchdowns, which we didn't think was a big deal at the time until after the game. They're like, oh, wait, he just did what on a broken leg? And you felt like that would put him in Philly lore, and everybody just seems to forget it. Yeah, and I think one of the things about Donovan that I don't think he gets enough credit for is that guy was tough. Like he, and, and it, that's why it bothers me when people make such a big deal out of the Super Bowl thing because, it, like, it, I think they they present it as if it's a sign of weakness or something like that. When you look at Donovan. That guy took a lot of hits. He took a lot of punishment. He was playing in a different era where quarterbacks were not protected the way that they're protected now. And, I mean, he played through a lot of injuries and and, and was really tough. And I think that's one of the things, in addition to him being a really good quarterback, that, that he just doesn't get enough credit for. I always thought when T.O. was going through his thing, when he was going in the hyperbaric chamber and all that, and, you know, I always commend him for, for his performance. But in the back of my mind, and maybe this is just me being 16 and I still kind of keep it, T.O. did not want to face the fact that maybe the Eagles could win the Super Bowl without him and they would say goodbye to him. Yeah, I, I think that was that was part of it. Um, I, I think he obviously wanted to play in the game and was phenomenal that night in that game. But, you know, I, I don't know what it was about how the kind of – you know, divorce between he and Donovan started. But I do think that there's a lot of revisionist history there that bothers me because now it's like you, if you ask the majority of people, most people would say, yeah, Donovan was wrong and they were on T.O.'s side. That's not the way people felt about it back in 2005. Like T.O. was being really childish about the situation. He signed a contract. He was, you know, going into the second year of a seven-year deal. And the idea that Donovan was supposed to take it upon himself to get T.O. a new contract, I just I just think that that's absurd. Like, if you want to get mad at Joe Banner for it, fine, but I don't know how uh, people can really blame Donovan for the way that situation ended up deteriorating. Yeah, from the way, like, it, it's weird, too. When you 
inter when you, when you ask both of them or if both of them would open up and ultimately tell the story, it does feel like T.O. went to Dom and said, hey, I don't think they're going to do this. Can you do this? Like, mm -hmm. they'll listen to you. And just Donovan just didn't do it. And for whatever reason, who knows? But Westbrook got his new deal, and I think that got T.O. really upset. It, it just felt like the relationship was deteriorating even before it actually deteriorated. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's probably true. And I think, you know, and that was probably one of Donovan's biggest uh, flaws, I think, is he didn't feel like he got the credit he deserved. And while I think in certain instances I think he was right, um, I do think that probably played into it. And I think on both sides, there was a lot of jealousy there. There was a lot of, you know, I'm the reason why our offense is so good on, on Donovan's side and T.O.'s side. And I think that was part of what, what unfortunately broke them up. And it, it stinks because we saw how great they were the one year together. And if they played together another two to three years, I absolutely believe the Eagles could have won a Super Bowl. And, you know, that 05 season that really uh, went off the rails for the Eagles because of the whole T.O. thing, if that stuff doesn't happen and Donovan and T.O. do find a way to just make it through and work together, I think the Eagles could have gone on a deep run that year. That was a bad year in the NFL. When you think back, I was the Seattle-Pittsburgh Super Bowl, and it's like it just was not a very good year in the league. So, you know, I think a lot of things might change, and that year might have been very different if those guys could have found a way to work together. Yeah. What upset me that year was they were kind of starting to hit their stride, and it seemed like, yeah, T.O. had a little petty thing, like, oh, the Eagles didn't acknowledge me for my upper touchdown catch, which I thought was kind of cool by the Eagles at the time. I'm like, I, I don't care what your thoughts are about it. I'm just acknowledge it. But, you know, he always brought up little intricacies, but him and McNabb worked their way through it. And then all of a sudden he says the Brett Favre thing, and I'm like, oh, come on, man. Like, yeah. this is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. And T.O., that's the way he was. He just liked the needle and needle and needle. And, hey, there's a reason why everywhere T.O. went, it ended the same way. Like it, it's not everybody else. It's, it's T.O. And, and wherever he went, whether it's San Francisco, the Eagles, Dallas, it, it ends poorly everywhere. He, he ends up playing. And, you know, I think that was really a reflection on him as a, as a teammate. He just wasn't a very good teammate. Don't you think it's kind of crazy how Reed still loves T.O. Like Andy Reed brings T.O. to cheese practices and, you know, he still embraces it. Like it doesn't matter what happened in the past. Like, Andy Reid just finds a way to just ignore everything. Yeah, and that's one of Andy's greatest qualities is, is players love him. And that's why, you know, regardless of what flaws people want to point out with Andy, uh, what's important is that your players love you. And even when, you know, like you said, there's been animosity in the past, they can find a way to get over it and move forward. And I think that's a situation where T.O. recognizes playing for Andy was good for his career. That was – you know, if not the best, certainly one of the best years of his career. And, and um, yeah, Andy's players all, all seem to love him. Don't you think, too, I, I know we're getting – I know we're getting into a lot of Andy Reid history here, but the, do you think the Eagles kind of regret letting Andy Reid go? I know they won a Super Bowl and everything, and they've been fine without him, but don't you think in a way they kind of regret letting him go after what he's been doing against this? You know, I don't. I think it was just it was time to go. Like, and and even as much as I liked Andy Reid, I thought it was time for a change at the end of 2012. Because think back, 2011, 2012, they were just not not good years here. And I think over time, a coach's message or or, or you know his 
the way he gets across to his team can kind of get stale and 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 to a degree, I think we saw it with Doug. I think there were a lot. Well, there are a lot of other things going on in 2020 with that team. But yeah, I think it was time for a change. But man, if you could if you could tell me the Eagles could have kept it and he and ended up having Patrick Mahomes, uh, that would have been pretty nice. Finally, what was your instant reaction when basically Ron Rivera blamed Carson Wentz for why the, the commanders aren't as good as the other three teams in this division? I couldn't believe it. I, and it's just, I couldn't believe it, but I could totally believe it at the same time because it's, I don't know what it is about Carson Wentz, but he seems, it doesn't seem like people like him very much. Like, and it doesn't seem like anybody's going out of their way to protect him. And I don't know, I don't think he's like intentionally a jerk or anything. I just think there's a quality about him. That's kind of unlikable, um, which is not what we believed at the beginning of his career, but man, everywhere he goes, whether it's the way it ended here, the way it ended last year, Ursay threw him under the bus and now Rivera throwing him under the bus. I mean, I don't think it's, it's going to end very well. And now reports that he's playing injured again, and he's going to play through an injury tonight. So we'll see how it plays out, but uh, yeah, I'm not, uh, it doesn't look like it's going too well for Carson and Washington. And I'm not going to lie, Jeff, I kind of think the bears are going to beat them again tonight. <laughs> In a way I kind of do too. It's, it seemed like Justin Fields is starting to turn a corner a bit. I actually liked what I saw out of that Vikings game. Yeah, they played well in that game. I mean, I, I still think the Vikings are a very good team. That's why I think, uh, you know, out of the Eagles victories this year, that was certainly the most I- impressive as I see it, but yeah, I think uh, you know the Bears are are at least playing with some fire uh, under the new coach, and Justin Fields seems to be improving. So it should be an interesting interesting game tonight because I think uh, the loser can probably start looking toward the uh, twenty twenty three draft. What did you think? Of, I don't know if you saw the story. I, I can't remember if it was Joe Sandlin or not. I, I I can't remember who it was, but when Wentz was with the Eagles, he was like trying to act like the cool kid at the cool kids table. Did they, they think it that was all? I don't want to say it was far-fetched because Joe's been right on a lot of this reporting, but you know, it doesn't feel like that was a little overblown. Maybe. And, and it's hard for me to say because, Hey, I mean, I think a lot of, a lot of people uh, doubted those reports when they were made, but in the end, I, I think a lot of what Joe wrote turned out to be correct. I mean, he took a lot of heat for that. And um, you know, in the end, I think it was pretty, pretty decent reporting. And, and I don't know to the extent um, it was with Carson, but I certainly think that there's something with him, whether it's his personality or, or what it is, where he just can't capture the support of a locker room. And for a quarterback, that's important. You see it with, with a guy like Jalen Hurts and, and why, even though we still might have some questions about Jalen's uh, uh, abilities less now than we did, I think five weeks ago, but I mean, the fact that he does have that ability to rally a locker room, rally guys behind him is not insignificant. And that's something Carson was never really able to, to figure out. It's probably a big reason why the Eagles are five and zero right now. All right, TK, always a pleasure. Uh, are you going to be on WIP tonight by any chance? I will be on WIP tonight following uh following bears uh washington so uh we'll get into eagles uh cowboys obviously uh phil's playoffs and also be on from 10 to 2 tomorrow night following phil's postgame coverage and sunday afternoon from 1 to 5 p.m uh getting you ready for for eagles cowboys sunday night are you going to any of the phillies playoff games this weekend 
I don't believe I'm going to uh, to be able to make it down. I'm not working any of the games this weekend. I work as an engineer in the in the radio booth sometimes, but I don't think I'm going to be down there uh, this weekend. Maybe in the NLCS if they advance. All right, son. Sounds great, Tom. I'll have to get you on again, Tom Kelly for Sports Radio WIP, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> All right, and I'm going to close the show off here. Again, I agree with a lot of the points CK made today, uh, especially with the Jason Peters stuff. I, I didn't get into it as much as I wanted to, but it is funny how that was overblown. I saw people kind of rip at Jason Peters because we all know how quote tweets come out, right? I just know the Philly fans are effing idiot. I actually thought it was funny. And he actually, he has a smile on it too. Like they know that. They pride themselves on being nasty and vulgar. They're going to cuss at you. They're going to throw stuff. They pride themselves on that. So they know that. Philly fans are the wildest fans out there for me. He actually kind of laughed about it. He goes, they might go throwing stuff at me. I'm not expecting nothing worse than them throwing stuff at me. I kind of hope Eagles fans give Jason Peters. They're not going to give him an ovation, obviously, because he's wearing the Cowboys uniform. I mean, they ain't give it to Randall. They ain't give it to a bunch of uh, Arrow Carmichael. So... I don't expect him to give it to Jason Peters, but he is an all-time great Eagle. We, we can't deny that. Um, I love the guy when he was in his prime year. Obviously, TK's right. A lot of those final years, he just wasn't good. He was actually not half bad for the Bears last year, but that's the state of the tackle position in the NFL, and that's why he's still in the league, because he could still still half decent, which is sad for the league, honestly, because Peters is 40 years old. but. Again, I, I digress. I always love Jason Peters. I hate how he's wearing a Cowboys uniform. It sucks. But if someone offers you money, man, especially good money, you got to take it. Um, you know, it, at least in the NFL, if you have another chance to basically make an extra million or two and be half decent at your job, which, again, he's better than the alternative for the Cowboys. Why not? But, um, yeah, I think the Cowboys offensive line is definitely going to get tested Sunday. I'll give my prediction for tomorrow. I got my boy Joey McDonald on tomorrow. I'm pretty excited about that. So, yeah, Joey's going to be doing a double dip. He's going to come on for the half-hour segment with me here. Then he's going to go to Birds 365, which him and John McMullen, uh, they're coming up next. They're going to have sure we're gonna have plenty of Eagles-Cowboys thought today because it, it's Dallas week. It's really enough. And with the Phillies having an off day in the playoffs, we can focus on Eagles-Cowboys. So keep it locked in right here on Jacob Sports. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hope you guys are enjoying. Good morning, MC East. Once again, my name is Jeff Kerr. Have a good day, guys. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.